1: Right. Hi, everyone. You've got Rebecca Shalon today. Brandy isn't with us today, but uh, may make an appearance uh, next time. <laughs> uh, but today, I'm really excited about the guest we've got on today. His name is Edward, Edward Tapia. Hi, Edward.
2: Hi, Becky. How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm so excited to have you on. Now, Edward, um, I met uh, on set when we were both in a TV show called The Fashion Hero, and I absolutely love his story. He's such a good person, um, an amazing person presence and he's got a lot of amazing things to say so today we're going to touch on you know men's mental health and things like that and self-love body positivity but before we dive into everything why don't you tell the good people who you are and give, give us a little rundown
2: well thank you rebecca i'm first i'm excited to be uh on the show and being able to share my life and my experiences with you all my name is edward tappy and i am in the united states in Florida. Um, i'm currently a singer Uh, i've acted out where i met becky we met we acted together on a show and a reality show which was amazing to meet her and we bonded ever since so it's been about four years since we built a nice friendship Mm -hmm. um i also i'm a singer and a songwriter and i really like to empower people not just men but all people of all ages men and women and just be an encouragement of what you can be in life and what you can do with your life um i was born with a cleft lip with a cleft palate so that is part of what has given me the strength to to move forward in life
1: mm. and why don't you tell us a little bit about that experience and everything uh, you, you said you were born with a cleft palate what was the journey um for that to, to where you are today
2: well, it was, and that's a good question. Thank you for asking that. It it was it was tough, right? Because I had to go through a lot of surgeries. Um, my physical face area and the lip area was completely open. So it was just like a big hole. And I had no speech till I was five years old. So I grew up very sheltered within myself. Um, I had a very low self-esteem. I tell people I was the reason for everyone else's laughter and, and jokes because everyone used me for that. I was bullied. At the age of 15, I was suicidal. So that was a, a peak point, right? Where you you just get to that point where you don't really love yourself and you don't love who you are. Um, I hated to look at myself in the mirror. Um, and I just thank God that at that time when I was 15, I was I was able to come out of the, the suicide mode that I was in. Um, and a little bit shortly, I started singing at a at a choir, a gospel choir, and that's where I started kind of feeling encouragement and really building some kind of self esteem with my voice. Um, at that time, as I got older, um, and I got into modeling, the part that really changed my life as a person and really changed my inner inner person and the outer person was the modeling. It really gave me encouragement. The fact that people would tell me how good I looked or how beautiful I looked in the office that I was wearing, that was empowering and it was also motivating for me to continue move, moving forward um, and learning to love myself. You know, I think that um, the other thing that I also did it was speaking to myself. You know, Sometimes people say, well, you, when you talk to yourself, that's not good. Well, when I went to college, I was in my sociology class and the sociology class spoke a lot about what it is to speak to your subconscious mind and speaking to yourself and speaking positive words that are going to encourage us, right? And sometimes we don't realize that standing in front of a mirror and saying to myself, you know what, Edward, you look good. You're amazing. Even if it's just me standing there, those little details really did help me uh, fix myself and really get into a different state of mind.
1: There's a lot of um, heavy things that you mentioned, like a lot going on in that sort of um experience that you're having um how did you change that self-talk like you mentioned that from the beginning you you were quite negative to yourself and then you you decided to change that how did you go about implementing that change how easy was it to implement that change
2: it was it wasn't easy (laughs) Mm. I do have to say it wasn't easy but one of the things that that helped me with that was when I first started modeling, Rebecca, I was 35 years old. So most people don't start modeling at that age. They start at the 20s or they're younger. Um, so to be told at a casting in Philadelphia by the owner of Bobberzahn School of Modeling in Wolfsbury, when she said to me, have you ever modeled before? And I said, no. She said, have you ever acted before? I said, no. She said, have you ever, before? Said, no. said, have you ever sang before? Well, yeah, I've sang. I've, sing- I've been singing for a lot of years. And she goes, Well, I really like you. There's something about you that I cannot put my finger on it. And I think for the first time, hearing those words, I really like you. Yeah. I see something in you, that was empowering in itself. Because if someone else could see something in me that I could not see myself, then I needed to look in deeper into what is it that this person is seeing that I cannot see. Um, And she said to me, you know, Edward, it's not that we don't like you. We like you. However, in this industry, you want to go with the flow and, and there's some changes that have to happen so that you can continue to be in this industry. And I'm like, okay, so what is that? She goes, well, you know, we think that your haircut should be cut like this so that it builds a nice image for you, especially with the age that you're at 35 and we want you to make, you know, look a little younger. I'm like, okay. And she said, and we also would would like you to get accustomed to, to wearing these types of clothing. Now in the moment, when you think about those things, you're like, well, I don't have to change the way I dress and I don't have to change the way I look. And that's very true. But in the industry that I was in, that I wanted to be in at that age of 35, I needed to go with the flow and take the advice of someone that said, I see something in you. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So I started to listen to my my coach, my mentor, and I started fixing my hair how she thought it was was best. I started wearing the clothing that she felt that I should wear to uh, my modeling classes And then I started speaking to myself as I saw the change, and I was standing to the mirror and I'm like, wow. I started visualizing as the days went by that one thing that she saw in me, which was you have what it takes to be bigger and greater than what you ever dreamed of when you begin to believe in who you are as a person from the inside out.
1: Hmm. And as you started, you know, being more involved in this industry and, and booking more gigs and things, did you find that people were reaching out to you that had, you know, similar stories or anything like that?
2: I did. I did. I, I, in fact, through Instagram and through Facebook, I do get a lot of messages on a daily basis um, from other children that were born with a cleft lip, with a cleft palate. I've gotten messages from people that were, have no deformities, at all. They just have a low self-esteem. They they don't live in a place where they love themselves and they see my posts and they're like, you know, I want to be that. I want to be able to say, I love who I am and I love myself and my own skin. So it, it's amazing. And I, and I feel great about that. I can actually share with these people when they message me on social media to be able to tell them, you know what? I was there one time. I was suicidal. I felt unloved. I was rejected, unloved chastised by other people and I'm at a place where I can say that I love myself and who I am Mm
1: -hmm. I I love that you can say that now like I I, you're such a beautiful person as well so it just it's very mind-boggling to to hear you say that you were negative about yourself because I just honestly couldn't imagine having a bad thing to say about you. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you. It's, it's interesting as a friend to like hear this and I'm, I'm like, I'm so sorry you went through that, but I'm so glad that you um, came out on the other side. Um, I wanna ask, did you, do you think that not seeing, or, or did you see someone like yourself in the media when you were growing up and what impact do you think that had?
2: You know, um, I did see myself growing up and, and seeing someone uh, within the media. And I'm glad that you asked that question because I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I never met the person. I don't know who they are, but I did see the photo. And it was a, a child that was um, in the age of 16, 17 at the time. I was about 14. Um, who was born like I was. However, it was worst, meaning that the person had no speech. Mm-hmm the person couldn't walk. Um, And so fast forward to this age now, I was remembering that image that I saw at that time um, and how it impacted me throughout my life as well as now. The fact that sometimes we wrap ourselves in this bubble of I'm born like this, and and I'm going through this situation and that situation, and we're not loving ourselves, and we think that we're the only ones that are going through that, right? And we feel like it's just me by myself, not realizing that there's someone else that was born worse than me, that I still have my two legs that I can walk, that I still have my mouth that I can talk. I have my hands that I can touch. Um, And so it does impact me because I want to be able to look at people and say, listen, you may be going through it hard, but there's always someone else that's going to go through it worse than you and going through uh, circumstances that they don't even know how to come out of and that may, they may never come out of. And so that helps me to appreciate
1: mm-hmm. where I am
2: but- and who I am as a person. Yeah.
1: So perspective and and just representation definitely matters, um, I think, in the media. If, if you're not seeing yourself, then it makes you feel alone. But um, as you said, you saw someone and you realized you weren't alone. Um, Correct. How does it feel knowing that you are that person for so many people now?
2: You know, it feels amazing. It feels so awesome to be able to tell people I was there, I, I was in those shoes, and if I didn't, you can do it. And I even talk to people that have no deformities. You know, there's so many people that are probably listening to us right now that do not have any deformities or any type of disabilities, right? But they still feel ugly. They still feel unwanted. It could be just because someone said one word to them that they engraved in their hearts they can't forget right someone says you're stupid or you're ugly or you're fat or you're skinny or you're those words they stick with us right And we don't have to have a deformity but it can hurt us for the rest of our lives and so when i get those messages from people that the one guy the other day said i admire you because you're you know you're modeling and and you're singing and you're doing all these things um and i wish i can be that and i looked at him and i said well, why can't you do it? You know, you have no, if I'm going to be 47 years old, Rebecca, I'm going to be 47 mm. years old and I'm doing what I'm doing at the age of 46 and someone that's 20, 25 years old is telling me, I want to do what you're doing. And they look 20 times better than I can, not than I do. No deformities at all. I'm like, what is stopping you from becoming who you want to be? What is stopping you from becoming your your best version of yourself? And sometimes it can be something simple as a low self esteem, and to me is to be able to deliver a message to those people as well and see them change their lives through my life. That is is it's it's priceless.
1: Hmm. So there's a good message there, in that in order to move forward, you need to identify barriers and and identify that they don't exist as <laughs> well. So, but, um, <laughs> so that you're able to sort of move forward. You know, you, you are modeling and acting and singing now, um, but you must have gone through uh, so many different careers uh, in your in your life before you settled on this. Why don't you tell us a little bit about um, your career and, and the business side of things and, and how you landed on this industry?
2: Thank you. On the business side of things, I I work in the insurance industry I've been working in the insurance industry for many years. It's why I do full-time and I work from home. And many years ago, I had a friend who said, Eddie, you want to make a lot of money? I'm like, well, uh, I hope I can make some kind of money. <laughs> He's like, well, the insurance industry is the way to go. So I'm like, well, I don't know anything about insurance. I know I have to have it for my car. Um, and he said, well, just apply and and uh, and see where it takes you. So I applied for Progressive Insurance and uh, they hired me to do claims. I worked in the claims industry for quite a while which is basically handling auto accidents um, bodily injury situations and things like that and then I transferred over to where I am currently which is handling more like policies and making changes and helping people with making sure they have the right coverages that the state requires. I handle all 50 states so Um, Every phone call is a different call. Every Mm -hmm. person is in a different state. Um, And it's been mind-blowing. It's been mind-changing as well. And because now I can see things from a different perspective when it comes to insurance and how people should be covered when they own a home, when they have a vehicle that they own and things like that. And thanks God that I'm in this insurance industry because I can work from home uh, during this pandemic.
1: So that's, that's a very um, different industry to to the modeling world and things. How do you balance um, the two?
2: That's a great question. Balancing is important. Um, I oh, I never take a gig that interferes with my job. So if I get a, a gig that's, you know, hey, we want you to do on this runway show, and it's even if they're going to pay me, if it's going to interfere with my full-time job, I, I don't take the, the gig. The reason for that is because this job is my bread and butter. Right. And the modeling right now is it's, it's great, but it's not a full-time job and it's usually part-time. So how I balance mm-hmm. it off is I typically accept anything that's on the weekends where um uh, it's my days off so that it doesn't interfere with my full-time job.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's a, a really good point. So you, you don't have to uh, pursue something full-time. Um, like if, if it's not within uh, your reach you can do like multiple things at once and just have a little bit of satisfaction for for that sort of thing but also you know supplement it with um another career that's just as fulfilling yes um, I think so so often people like kind of feel like they have to choose one path and then that's it I agree it.
2: Yeah. I agree I agree and 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 I'm proof of that because I do have a bachelor's degree in business mm-hmm and I have my insurance license as well. But I'm, I also came to that place that I'm like, you know, I want to model. And this is what I want to do. And and, and the door opened up with a casting when I was 35. And that's exactly what I went for it. I'm like, this is this is my time to, to really come out of my shell and become everything that I've wanted to become.
1: Mm-hmm. And what made you want to go to college?
2: My job. You know, I, at the time I was working for a, um, a bank and every time I would apply for a management position, they were like, well, you know, if you want to have um, a business management in this, in this company, you have to get a bachelor's degree in business. So here I go, I get my bachelor's degree in business and then the opportunity opened up in insurance. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, and the insurance was more uh, higher pay. So I decided to um, jump ship and finish my degree, but also switch over to the insurance side of things.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I want to dive a little bit more into that, but we are going to take a quick break. Thanks, Eddie. Okay.
2: Yes, ma'am. The
0: Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Hey you, yeah you Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out globalteenwealth.org and start the life of your dreams. Today, Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio, and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1 855 866 Teen. That's 1 855 866 8336. We're here to get you started on your future.
1: Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's
0: always free and easy. Are tuned into to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at com. That's Brandy with an I at com. Now, back to this week's show.
1: Alright, welcome back everyone. You're with Rebecca Shalom and Edward Tapia. And just before the break, we were talking about how you went to college, um, but then actually ended up deviating from that career path. Was it still worth it? to go and get that degree? And do you do you use the degree even though you went down a different direction?
2: That is a great question, um, Rebecca. I I do use my degree um, because thanks to the degree in, in, in business management, it has helped me on, on managing my own career, specifically to the modelling and the singing and the acting. So I handle all of my marketing. I handle all of my... Uh, social media pages, everything that has to do with with bookings, um, promotion or promoting myself and flyers and things like that, I'm able to, because of a business management degree, I built that mentality on how to manage myself and how to manage my career. Um, Having a business mentality does help when it comes to the modeling industry because it also helps you make sure that no one is is going over you, if that makes any sense. Like you're making mm. sure that 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 what opens before your feet is legitimate and you have a, a more wider range of mentality on how you're gonna handle when you when you receive a, a request for a casting or uh, an invitation to go model somewhere because sometimes, you know, you gotta not everything is legitimate, if that makes any sense.
1: Mm-hmm. So seeking out like the higher education and, and having that sort of base really helped you build your own career and, and everything you wanted out of
2: life. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's um I went to, when I, when I um, do my research, I do researches and, and find on my own. Sometimes I'll do some research on photographers and, and magazines and things like that. And I'll reach out to them so that, if they show any interest of, of wanting to share my story with, with the magazine and, and be able to share um, what I have to offer for people to be uh, impacted with and a blessing to other people's lives, I'm able mm-hmm. to do that. Versus when those are things that the PR does, you know, your representative does or your manager does or, mm-hmm. or someone that represents a model or a singer. And I'm able to maintain all of that and do it on my own because I, I really believe that then having a the degree gave me the knowledge to be able to, to yeah.
1: manage myself. Yeah, it's a good lesson there. Like even if you start down one path, it doesn't mean it was a waste of time. If, even if you go down another, it, it's still useful and, and those Correct. skills are things that are going to help you out. Um, you did mention that you manage your own social media. I want to talk about social media, um, especially uh, with being in an industry that it is so um, like judgmental really and, and very... Um, you know, based on, on your looks and open to critique and all that sort of thing. How have you gone about like handling that and what's that experience been like?
2: That's a good question. Uh, It's, it's been rough, you know, honestly, if you want me to be honest and candid with you, it's been tough. It's been rough. Um, One thing that, that I do not engage with in my social media is arguing with people and responding back to people that post negative things on my Instagram or my Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um and I had this one experience on Twitter where someone um I had posted a, a a message about my cleft lip and my cleft palate and someone posted on my Twitter you know that I was ugly that that was horrible I mean the message was was something that you don't say to anyone on social media you know so I think that people take overboard freedom of speech I think they use that as a a tool Mm. sometimes to hurt other people. Um, Had that happened to me when I was a kid, I probably would have cried my eyeballs. I still felt felt it by reading it, if you want me to be honest, and they made me feel um, what I felt when I was a kid. But Mm -hmm. the wise and adult part of me was not going to engage in that, so I deleted the comment, Mm -hmm. and I kept it moving. Because the moment that I I respond back to this person, then I'm giving them power over me and I'm giving them power over my emotions. The moment that I delete that comment, I'm letting you know your comment is irrelevant. I don't need it. And it's gone. Mm. Same thing on Instagram. Same thing on Facebook. When I get those comments, I don't feed into it. And if other people are feeding into it, trying to defend me, then I delete the post that is
1: so important like yes i i really agree with you there um because just because someone comments something on the internet doesn't mean they're entitled to a response and you are under no obligation to feed into it so you can just delete it like it doesn't matter you don't you don't have to respond
2: and it's important rebecca because not everyone i don't think a lot of people have built that strong character and you know Mm-hmm. Those things are hurtful. You know, when people po- put those things on, on your Instagram, not just me, to anyone that's out there listening right now to us, those things are hurtful and mm-hmm. they words can destroy someone's life internally and mentally just by reading something, by verbally saying something to someone. So the mm-hmm. moment that you start engaging with these people and trying to defend yourself, your emotions are all over the place, right? As opposed to you saw it, You read it, you delete it and let it go and put it behind you and keep it moving. And that's it. Because those people, a lot of times they're in a dark place. When people, when people bully you and when people chastise you, when people reject you, when people call you names, they call you fat, they call you ugly, look at those people's lives. They are in a dark place. And because they're in a dark place and they can't come out of that dark place, they want to pour out those insecurities and those places where they are into other people and make other people feel worthless. And so when we realize that, we just keep it moving. You know, when we're kids, we don't have that mentality. Right. But as you get older and you, and you build character and you build strength, you come to that place where you're like, you know what? You're not going to do that to me.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: I've already been there and I'm not going to give you power over my life or my emotions. And when, when you delete those comments, and I've, I've posted where I've had people arguing, defending me as a, as a person in my model page, and I delete the entire post. Why? Mm-hmm. Because I don't post something on my Instagram or my Facebook or my Twitter for people to go into an argument or uh, argument spree or going at each other like I've seen on Instagram. I, I, I don't want to see it. I want to post something that's positive, and I want people to be able to relate and, and enjoy the moment with me. And if I have that one person that cannot do that, then they don't need to be on my page.
1: Yeah. So being mindful of what you give space to, whether it's like negative or even if someone's defending you, you're not giving space to a place to argue. You're you're protecting your energy and what you want to do. You you literally don't have you're under no obligation to keep it there.
2: Correct. And 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 it's all you, you want to. I feel like you always want to. When you've come out of a dark place, you don't want to allow people to take you back there.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You don't mm-hmm. want to. And, and, and it's not easy. It's, it's, it's easier said than done. But we do have control, right? We have control of our pages and we have control of our lives. And that's important for everyone that's listening to remember that. Don't allow people to take over your emotions and your life with their opinions. Because the way I tell people, you know what? Anybody's opinion of Edward Tapia is gone with the wind. Mm -hmm. You know why it's gone with the wind? Because nobody pays my rent. Nobody pays my bills. Nobody pays my car. Nobody pays me for doing my hair. Nobody pays my clothes. I work for what I have. Mm -hmm. And therefore, everyone else's opinions about what they have to say about me can go with the wind. And when sometimes it sounds harsh, right? But when we think that way, we brush it off. Yeah, because we I want people to know you are important. Everyone that's listening right now, they need to know that they are important and that their life matters and that yeah. they have—they are so much more than what anybody else's opinion can be because people will form opinions of us and that's their opinion. But let's build our own opinion of who Edward Tapia is, of who Rebecca is, of who Mildred is, of who anybody is. Build your own opinion and, and build your life and be the best that you can be.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's a really, really strong message. And, you know, as you were saying, like it, it does take a while to sort of build up that, um, tough skin and to be able to just not respond or, you know, not be stingy with that block button and really protect your space. So what sort of like, cause you mentioned, even though you're doing that, you're still reading it and you're taking it in what sort of self-care are you doing to make sure that that doesn't stay within you?
2: That That's a good question. So, um, I, when those things happen, um, I, I'll sometimes say to talk to myself and I'll say, you know what, Edward, this is where you were. This is where you are. Are you going to allow this person's comment to take you back to that dark place? I, I, I'll talk to you like I'm talking to you right now. I will literally stand here, sit here and talk to myself and, th- and look at myself in the mirror because I want to see myself as I'm saying it to myself. Because as I'm saying it out loud, it's going into my subconscious mind and it's going into my heart and it's helping me to regroup my thoughts. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Now, if I stay quiet and I just go, perhaps go to bed, what's going to happen? Those words that I read and what was said to me, I'm going to keep what? Thinking it over and over and over and over in my head, right? As Mm -hmm. opposed to I'm speaking life into myself pushing back what was said to me and moving forward one Mm -hmm. of the things that i also do like when that one person did that to me um i started i put on a song after i slapped myself into reality (laughs) i played my favorite song why because music is powerful right music is power and when you listen to work to a song that that has meaning that has lyrics of of encouragement that gives you empowering and it nourishes your mind and your heart and your soul. And so I know it sounds weird, but try it. These are things that will will work in your inner inner peace and your inner mind. And now when I go to bed, it's a different ballgame because I already spoke to myself out loud. I brought myself back into reality. And then I heard my favorite song that was amazing, that was full of power, and full of lyrics that were encouraging. And then I went to bed because now my mind is renewed.
1: So basically you kind of, you make that positive space louder than any negativity could be. And you just drown it out.
2: Correct. Correct, And you don't let it wrap you because it's important not to let it wrap you, right? It's important to, um, don't give it enough. Don't let it sit there with, with, Hmm. with eating you up reject it you have to reject it right away so that it doesn't wrap you in it because the moment yeah. you don't reject it and you keep thinking about it then it wraps you in inside of you and then it's hard to push it away
1: yeah just check on some music dance around in your underwear it's it's hard to sit in in the muck when you're moving around and and being silly and making of course, <laughs> yourself out. of
2: course and and just to go back off of that Rebecca, you know as a I'm a fitness instructor on the side, Mm -hmm. okay? I'm a licensed fitness instructor and I teach a lot of group fitness classes. Every Mm -hmm. single song that I pick for my fitness classes, if it doesn't have a positive message in the words, I will not use the song. Whether Mm -hmm. it's salsa, whether it's a ballad song, every song that I play in my group fitness class that I I don't do them now because I'm home, but when I do my group fitness classes, I pick my songs based on the music, but I also listen to the lyrics. If I play songs in my studio that when I was teaching at LA Fitness and the words were empowering, I wanted to make sure that everyone that said, put in my dancing class for my fitness, they but when they left my class, not only did they they, they, they dance, not only did they do the aerobics, but that they left with a renewed mind because I would play songs that were that the message was empowering, and I couldn't even tell you how many people would tell me, "Oh my God, I'm going through a divorce," and that song. And mind you, we're moving our we're moving our butts, right? We're dancing and shaking the whole night, mm-hmm. and they'd be like, "I'm going to divorce," and this class just renewed my mind. I've had people crying in my class, and I'm like, "Oh my God, why are you crying?" Like because the song that's playing, it just it just got into my skin, and my, you know. So we don't really think about it, but music music is powerful especially when you listen to words that are going to deep in your heart, in your mind, your soul, those things can change anybody's life, especially when you're dealing with people that are trying to hurt you.
1: Hmm. I love that you have like another really fabulous career that's completely different to, um, the other ones that we've spoken about too. It really sort of feels like you're addressing that whole mind, body and soul in every aspect of your life. Mm -hmm. Um, So like no two jobs are the same and you're making sure you've got that like full experience of life.
2: Yes. And you know why I did that Becky? Because I lost my father when I was 17. And when I lost my dad at the age of 17, my world crumbled completely. It was, it was not like he was sick and we were waiting for him to die. You know, I was in class in high school and I was told to go to the hospital because someone was waiting for me there. And I walked into the hospital and there was my mom sitting on a chair. And I just looked at her and I'm like, okay, what's going on? And she just looked at me and said, you know, your dad passed away. And uh, mm-hmm. I went into shock. I just went into this mode and, and my whole world just crumbled. Um, and when I found myself with my mom, myself alone, I'm like, oh my God, how do I even, what do I do? Like, where do I begin? And I was, I was on my way to college and um, my dad only had one trade right? He only did one one thing in, in which was he was a, a jeweler so he made pure jewelry out of gold and mm-hmm. he, that's the only thing that he knew how to do and before he passed away um, he had been laid off and he had been at the company for so many years and his job is what paid for my surgeries for my cleft lip. So him mm-hmm. passing away, that meant that there was no more surgeries available for me. There was no more Uh, insurance to cover my, my, the the surgeries that I needed after that, after the fact. So Mm -hmm. I said to myself at that age, I said, you know what? I'm going to learn anything that I can do anything that I can. And I'm going to do different things so that if I ever lose my job, I can grab something else. Mm -hmm. I can grab onto another career. And that's exactly what I did. And my family, they said to me, well you're a jack of all trades, you do everything. I said, Yes, I had an experience. And and you don't know what it feels like un- until you lose, you lose a parent. And losing my dad at the age of 17, I just kind of felt like like my whole world just kind of it came to a mm. pause. It just stopped. And I needed to start thinking about my future. And so that's where all this comes from, where I do have a bachelor's degree. I also have a license in, in, in um, insurance, but I also have a license as an instructor for about 10 years. I did mm-hmm. four years of, of nursing at a, at a school in New York. And so my, my, my thing was that I wanted to make sure that I always had something to fall back on. Yeah. So I hope that, that this will encourage people to not to limit themselves of what they can do because if I was born with a cleft lip, with a cleft palate, and I had no speech till I was five years old, and I can tell you all that I've done all these things, and I'm going to be 47 in a few months, what is going to stop anyone from doing what they can do? We yeah. can, we are, we're the only ones that sometimes we stop ourselves from, from becoming what we would like to because we're so wrapped up within ourselves, not realizing that we have the power in our hands to be better than what we could ever dream of.
1: I agree with you. And I think I want to issue out a little challenge there as we go to our next commercial break. Everyone should write down a list of everything that they're interested in that that they could possibly ever want to try and then challenge yourself to try each thing for at least like one day. Uh, But we're going to take a quick break and I hope you all think about that and make a list.
0: stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time, the number 1 internet talk station where your opinion counts. Voiceamerica.com. Hey you, yeah you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real. Real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out globalteenwealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN that's 1-855-866-8336 globalteenwealth.org we're here to get you started on your future are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. All
1: right, welcome back, everyone. We're talking with Edward Tapia and we are touching a lot of bases here with such a rich life, full of experiences and so many varied experiences. So there's a lot of like um, lessons in variety and just like going out and doing it, what it is that you want to do. Um, but there was also something that you touched on in uh, one of the breaks that I do want to go back to, um, and that was uh, the importance of men's mental health and um, the the difference. In, in the body positivity campaigns and things like that. Let's talk a little bit about, about that. I didn't want to miss out.
2: Yes. Um, I think that, and I think that goes back to what we were talking about with the social media, right? When it mm-hmm. comes to what's being presented when it comes to men. And I think that when we think about men or teenagers or young boys or young men, men are always taught to be strong, right? Men don't cry. I and mean, then you have to be as a, uh, macho man type of thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but and they try to you know they want us to be less vulnerable because the women are the one that should be more vulnerable right but i i feel like it's important for us to talk about body positivity within the men because there are men that that don't love themselves right there are men that feel you know insecure within themselves because a lot of times they're fat or they're thicker and they're because they're called fat or they're called useless and and so they don't open up. And when you think about social media, I know when I open my, my my Instagram every day that I go in there to check it, I don't see body positivity. I don't see social media celebrating the men that are bigger, that are thicker, that don't necessarily have a size you know, 21 waist or a size 30 waist. Mm-hmm. Why can't we celebrate those people? Why can't we celebrate those men that are not a size 30 in ways that are probably 2X or 3X or 4X? Um, Why can't we cater to them to help them learn how to love themselves? How about the little boy that's 5, 7, 8, 9, 10, 12, 13? And and we don't know the circumstances why people are overweight, do we? Mm -hmm. We we really don't. Some people, they have a thyroid disease. When you look at the thyroid, for example, thyroids can make you gain weight. Thyroids can make Mm -hmm. you lose weight. We don't know where that comes from. They can have a food eating disorder. And so I think it's important, the message that we, that we pour out in social media or or in our lives, wherever we are, even in our workplace, to be able to speak to the guys, you know, the men, because you hear a lot about the women, but you don't hear a lot about the men and be able to, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: Um, I was just going to ask, uh, what conversations do you think are important um, to talk to our young men about that foster that environment of body positivity and self-love for men?
2: I, I think that's that that w- we need to help them understand that we don't have to be perfect to be loved and accepted in the world. I don't think you have to, you know, for example, I, no offense to anybody that has, has a perfect body or a six pack, but n- just because you don't have a perfect body, does not make you less, less gorgeous or less cute or less or less uh, mm-hmm. um, attractive. Just because you have a few extra pounds, that doesn't make you ugly. You know, just because you 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 don't have the body that this that Calvin Klein body guy has, doesn't mean that you cannot go to a modeling casting and say, "Hey, I want to model." You understand? Because a lot of times, I. I still experience rejection right now. When I go to a casting, every time I step foot in a casting, it doesn't matter what casting it is. I get rejection every single time. And I've gone to castings, Rebecca, even after you and I filmed the fashion hero, and -hmm. I've gone to castings where I've come home from that casting crying
1: Mm.
2: in the moment because they made me feel so low. And so useless in the moment in that casting, like I wasn't good enough to wear their clothes. Mind you, I still made it to the casting because another designer that was there, that's the beauty of it. The times that, that has happened to me, there's always been somebody at that same fashion show that says, you know what, I like you.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: The last time that happened to me in North Carolina, the designer that did that to me, another designer put me in three outfits. He said, You know what? I like your clothes, I like your look. And I'm going to put you in three outfits. And from those three outfits that happened in that particular show, one of my photos was was submitted to a magazine company because they specifically requested me in that outfit that I was wearing.
1: Hmm. Well, let's talk about more of these positive moments. I love hearing about that. What what um, projects are you working on now? What What projects are you proud of?
2: Well, I am uh, proud of being in, in, in a beauty pageant. I'm actually in the middle of two beauty, two male pageants. One is called The Wild wow Pageants, which is based out of London. I'm excited. And, and my coach is from the Netherlands. That particular pageant is being done through Zoom because of the pandemic. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I would have had to travel to London and Netherlands. Mm-hmm. And I'm also doing uh, All Well Beauties, international pageant which is going to be held in June of 2021 Mm. so it it, you know my thing is is helping people become bigger and greater than what they've ever dreamed of right and so these are male pageants so they're strictly male pageants and and so that's my way of of showing people of building that positivity right because I'm not this skinny kid I mean I'm not thick and big but at the same time I'm not thin and skinny either
0: mm-hmm. and so
2: I do experience a rejection but it's it's how you handle it that's what I want you guys to realize you guys you, you young teenagers that are listening to me and, and and those that are older it's how you handle it how you approach that rejection and how you approach someone making you feel lesser than what you are mm-hmm. you are amazing in your 210 pounds you are amazing in your 300 pounds you are amazing if you were 120. You want men to come to that place where they feel love in their own skin, regardless of their shape and size, that they realize that it's okay if you're overweight. It's not the end of the world. And you don't need to be perfect for people to love you.
1: And if people want to hear more of this positivity and follow your journey, where can they find you?
2: They can find me at Edward underscore tapia fashion model. That's Edward underscore tapia fashion model.
1: Mm. on instagram
2: on instagram yes
1: and do you have a website or anything or or twitter and all that sort of thing is it
2: i do i have edward tapia.net that's edward i actually haven't even launched it yet it is launched i just haven't launched it to the world
1: (laughs) (laughs) well there you go we got got an exclusive well i want to talk about like what would be a dream opportunity for you to be a part of.
2: A dream opportunity for me to be a part of would be yeah. for me. To, that's a good question. I would love to to be a part of uh, uh, a brand new modeling school,
1: mm.
2: a modeling school, but specifically to cater to people that like myself have been rejected in the industry. To build them to to you know give them the strength and the tools that they need. To be successful, whether it's modeling, whether it's acting, whether it's singing, to be able to build them, right? And, and show yeah. them that you have what it takes because there's so many times in people sitting in their homes because they're afraid of rejection. And I would mm-hmm. love to have my own school to be able to build powerful instruments that can make it in this world.
1: Mm-hmm. Well you've you've had a very uh, driving force in making every single one of your dreams come true. So w- what are you doing at the moment to make this dream come true?
2: Well, that's a good question. I'm I'm, I'm educating <laughs> myself more. Mm. Um I started I do have a home studio. So I do have my own photography studio at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, cameras, computers, um so I have the necessary tools to be able to build a portfolio for my students. So that's where I started. Um, I keep it on the down low, but I I started at home with buying the things that I need, cameras and lights and and props and all that good stuff that I need to create images. Um, I actually just got another camera about two weeks ago and a new laptop um, so that I can have the tools necessary because you have to have cameras and you have to have props, right? and you have mm-hmm. to have um, good lighting. So I have all of that. The other thing that I have is contact with a company that does, um, they do uh, the portfolios that you need as a mm-hmm. model, because there's a specific book that you should have as a model, which is a nine by 12. It's what the standard industry is for a model. So I have connections with that company. Because those are things that I would give to my models and if I do the school. Um, and so I'm little by little working behind the scenes so that when the time comes, I can I can I'll have all the tools. And then of course, I've been looking at buildings recently for sale because I need to have there's, buildings.
1: There are so many steps that you've even just listed just then, and it sounds like there's a million more. How do you yes. know what to start with?
2: That's a good question. Um, I started with, at least for myself, the reason why I started with the photography portion of it is because I want to be able to, um, when I do have the building, I want to be able to start uh, promoting and and have the tools necessary. The reason why photography is important is because when I went to two years, two or three years ago, I was Mr. Florida in a pageant and I went to compete in a pageant. And I took a camera with me and as uh, part of my having fun, right. Getting to meet all the contestants that were there, the guys and the girls. And so I started taking pictures of people, right. And do mm-hmm. you know that some of the girls were in the plus size portion of the, of the pageant and they were big girls. So I, when I went, I would call them over to photograph them. They didn't want to. And I'm like, and that was intriguing to me because I'm like, wait a minute, we're in a pageant. How do you you not want to get photographed? And so when they came over, the one girl came over and I took pictures of her, but I had a whole setup that I brought from home. Do you know what she did? She started crying. And I said, why are you crying? And she goes, well, because I was never ever felt, I, 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 I know I'm doing this pageant, but I've never felt so beautiful in my life like I do now in this photo. And then I did another of, girl.
1: Kind of with the um, the first steps that you took, it was kind of related to making other people feel good too. That's kind That's of right. how you decided to That's navigate right.
2: that. That's right. Because when, when, I, when, when that happened, I'm like, oh my God, how are you in a beauty pageant and you still feel insecure and you still, you know, the next girl came out. I mean, Rebecca, it was like five different girls who gave me the same reaction. Mm. And so I think that, everybody,
1: no matter what the situation is, uh, there's always going to be some insecurity. That's definitely yes. an important lesson, but yes. we are coming to the last couple minutes of the show. So um, the question that Brandy always likes to finish on with the show is if you had 60 seconds, just 60 seconds where the world had to listen to what you had to say, what would you say?
2: I would say be bold, be fierce, and believe in yourself, keep thriving, striving, and persevere till you reach the top.
1: I love that. That is a very positive way to end the show. Thank you so much for your vulnerability and coming on and sharing your story and incredible experiences with us all. We've loved having you on the show.
2: Oh, you're so welcome. I had a blast. I love you all. It was a pleasure. Many blessings to everyone.
1: So everyone, make sure you check out Edward Tapia and we will see you at the same time, same place next week. That's 5 p.m. PST on Teen Wealth Radio. Thank you for joining us today.
2: You're welcome.
0: (laughs)